0: Okay, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Matt, if you don't know me. Uh, and as you can probably tell, I'm not Dutch. Uh, I'm English, but uh, I live here with Joe and our family. I've uh, been living here in Amsterdam for four years. And uh, I grew up uh, in the south of England, but I have a, an auntie that lives uh, in a county in the north of England called Northumberland. And she lives in a village called Allendale, and I know that sounds as though hobbits live there, but they don't, as far as I know. Who knows? And Allendale, this tiny village in the middle of this beautiful countryside in the north of England, uh, is famous for a few things, one of which is on, on New Year's Eve. You know, here in Amsterdam, New Year's Eve is... Well, it's like a war zone, isn't it, really, if you've ever experienced it. If this is your first year here, then get ready. You're going to have a good night. But uh, what they do in in Allendale, this tiny village, is that on New Year's Eve, uh, all the men of the village, they strap barrels of boiling tar. You know what they use to surface roads, right? Boiling tar, barrels that they carry on their back through the village, and they do this procession. There's just this fire burning out from these barrels of tar. I don't know why. (laughs) No one knows why, but uh, it's the thing that you do if you live in that village. But the other thing that's really fascinating is when we go and visit my auntie there in that village. She lives in this beautiful little cottage down this country lane next to a river. It's this kind of idyllic, picturesque English scene. Uh, But at nighttime, uh, when you turn the lights off, because you're just in the middle of nowhere, it's pitch black, just darkness. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, that kind of, that sort of darkness. When normally here, you know, you you flick off your light uh, and you lie down and it's dark, but very quickly your eyes adjust to the light and you realize it's not actually dark at all. It's just dim. Whereas if you've ever, ever been in a place where it's so dark that you wait for your eyes to adjust and nothing happens, you know, and you hold your hand in front of your face and yet you can't see your hand because it's that dark. Uh, maybe you've experienced it if you've ever been like into a cave deep underground, some caves in the southwest of England called Kent's Cavins, and they take you into this massive big chamber and there's beautiful lighting, you're in this cave um, underground and all of a sudden they just flick the lights off and, and everyone kind of screams and it's just total darkness. And everyone gets quite anxious and nervous. And that's what darkness does to many people. Many people are afraid of the dark. And darkness often has a negative connotation. Um, You know, in movies, in literature, darkness is often used to symbolize fear or death or sadness or pain. You know, darkness doesn't really have a very good reputation. And the story of. Jesus, this Christmas story that we're celebrating, is about Jesus stepping down into, into darkness. It says in Isaiah, in the Old Testament, in the Bible, it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. Jesus stepped down into this land of darkness, a land where he stepped down and there was all sorts of evil and oppression happening all around him. If you read the story of Jesus, what they call the Gospels in the New Testament, and if you just study the world that he stepped down into, what society was like at the time, you would find there was violence, injustice, political instability, there's abuse of power, homelessness. There's refugees fleeing oppression. That's part of Jesus' own story. That's what happened to him after he was born. He had to flee and he had to grow up in in Egypt, far away from his homeland as a refugee, as many people have to do today. There was broken families, grief, Anxiety, that's the world that Jesus stepped into, which sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Doesn't sound that different from the world that we're in today, and it's not really that different at all. And we could look around us and we can see much darkness. You know, even some of the stories that that DJ was just giving us a small glimpse of men and women who've come to this city looking to find life and prosperity, but have ended up um, in a position where even the government refuses to help them, where they're just abandoned and lost, homeless, living on the streets. There's much darkness in the world around us. Many things happening that we think, oh, I just, I hope somebody has a solution for what's going on here when we see these huge riots taking place in Paris, thousands of people protesting, and we think, I hope someone has a solution. And maybe maybe sometimes we can be part of the solution, we can help, we can help to shine some light into the darkness, that's so important, but ultimately we don't have the answers. And even if we look hard enough, We can see not just the darkness in the world around us, but we can see it in our own lives, in our own hearts. That anxiety that you just can't kick, worry, doubt, fear, those addictions that you feel like you're quietly managing and keeping them under control, whereas in fact actually They're managing you. They're keeping you under control. And we hope that if we stare inside ourselves for long enough, that sooner or later our our eyes will adjust and we'll see a a glimmer, a flicker of light, some hope. All around us, people are, are looking inside themselves, searching for some kind of meaning, something, a glimpse of light that gives them an answer, something that gives them something to cling on to, a reason for being. And the thing about darkness is, it's not, darkness isn't the opposite of light. It's not darkness over here and light over here. Because you'd have, you know, good and evil, their opposites, or happiness and sadness, Strength and weakness. You can have Brexit and sanity, you know, <laughs> have these opposites around us. But darkness isn't the opposite of light. Darkness is is actually the absence of light. It's the absence of light. The best way to understand it is perhaps if you go back to the beginning of time itself, back to the very beginning. And I'm sure across this room, many people will believe different things about the origins of the universe, but what most scientists believe nowadays is that there was at some point a moment, whatever you call it, the Big Bang, whatever it is, there was a moment where there was nothing, and then there was something, and that nothing would have been darkness. There was a moment in history where there was a beginning, where there was darkness, and then suddenly light appears. Light comes, life comes into the world. You see, darkness is always pierced by light, even the smallest light. I'm told that, at least in theory, that on a clear, dark night, that you could light a candle on top of a hill and you'd be able to see that candle 70 kilometers away. That if it was if there were no other lights around, that one tiny light would pierce through the darkness and you'd be able to you'd be able to see it. It doesn't mean it's a very effective light. You know, we do the same. We we strap these little bike lights to the front of our bike, right? <laughs> they really don't do a lot, do they? But they make us feel like at least we're obeying the law, right? And we've got the lights on our bike. But they don't really illuminate much at all. But at least they do to some extent Pierce through the darkness. And we spend much of our lives doing the same thing. Trying to find a little bit of light, however dim, however tiny, a tiny bit of light, to kind of pierce through the darkness to illuminate our lives, to bring some light and some life, some energy into our lives. We search all the time for things, and we're going to put a picture up on the screen now, there we go. This is from the, the Amsterdam Light Festival, which takes place every year. It's always a beautiful display of art all around the city, and this design here was uh, by a lady called Gali May Lucas, and she designed it to show three people, as you can see, sitting on a bench, uh, uh, illuminated by the light of their smartphones. She called it absorbed by light. And it's one of those things that's kind of beautiful on one hand, but a little bit unsettling as well. You can go and see it. It's just next to the Hermitage Museum by the, the Ampstorn. You can go and see it right now. And she said about this that the phone and computer screens, they literally and figuratively they light up our lives. We read new messages immediately. We want easy access to our social media, the apps we use. Our smartphones are with us all the time, in bed, on the toilet, in the train, at our desk. And as a result, we engage ourselves more with the virtual and superficial reality than with each other and the world around us. And that's what these little things in our hands often do. They give us a little bit of illumination, but what they actually do is just draw us deeper into ourselves, disengage us from the world around. And they don't really give us any light or life that really fulfills us. You know, for most of us, our lives aren't very Instagrammable, are they? (laughs) And even those brief moments that they are, they don't really give us much of a buzz, do they? It lasts a little while, but then it drifts off. And all the time, we we try and find these small, enticing lights to somehow illuminate our life. We get absorbed into them, but they don't fulfill us. They don't give us any real deep meaning or purpose. In the end, these little lights, they can't overcome the darkness. They're just as useful as those tiny lights you strap to the front of your, of your bike. Sooner or later, the battery just runs out to throw them away. And I guess you might argue if you're here today and you're not a believer in Jesus, you might say, well, surely, surely Christianity is just the same. It's, it's just another ploy that needy Christians need to give a little bit of superficial light into their lives. It's just a kind of sentimental placebo, you know, a drug that doesn't actually do anything, but gives a little, a little bit of hope, you know, a kind of a means of escape. And it, as long as it keeps those Christians happy, it's kind of harmless. Maybe that's what you think about Christianity. Or you might see it perhaps more positively and say, well, Christianity, well... You know, it can be part of the solution because it can kind of bring a message of everyone can sort of just cheer up a bit. Yeah, you know, if we pull together, we can bring some life. We can make the world a better place. Things aren't really that bad, are they? You know, Christianity can just be a nice kind of positive message into the world. But the reality is that Christianity is not really like that at all. It's not sentimental, it doesn't try and paint a nice, cozy picture. Actually, if you read the Bible, if you read the message of Christianity, it's very real. It deals with real people, with real lives. It doesn't gloss over things. It doesn't try and fake things and make things look pretty. And it says that the world actually is in trouble that it's bad at its very core, that it's a dark place. And that even with inside of us, we find darkness. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't doesn't paint a pretty picture. And we we need more than just a superficial, occasional flicker of light to bring us life. Because it doesn't work. And and we we must be those people that bring and shine a light into the world, like the wonderful work of DJ and the Salvation Army. That's so important. It's what Christians are mandated, called to do, is to go into the world and to bring light. But, But ultimately, ultimately, the story is so much bigger and greater than that. It's not ultimately about us bringing light into the world. We need the light himself. Because Jesus didn't, he didn't come to kind of bring light, to, to give us light, to give us a kind of a, a candle or a torch. He came as the light himself. And in the same way that the Bible says that at the start of John 1, that passage that Emma read, it said the word was there in the beginning, Jesus was there at the beginning, that's talking about the very beginning, rolling back the story right to the beginning of time. It's saying, Jesus was there. And what he did at the beginning was he brought light into darkness. And then it takes that picture of Jesus at the beginning of time, bringing light into darkness, and it brings it back into this Christmas story and says, when Jesus arrives, he's doing the same thing. The same way he arrived into that pre-creation nothingness and brought light, he comes into our nothingness Darkness and brings light, brings life. It says in John 1, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It says in John chapter 8, this is Jesus' words. It says, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this light that Jesus brings comes as a free gift to us. It comes to bring light, not just to the world around us, but into our darkness. And when we recognize that we can't feel the darkness inside with these little flickers of light that we offer ourselves, that we need something else to bring light in. We need the light that Jesus brings to bring life and light into our lives. And we see that Jesus, not only does he come as this baby, but he steps down into our darkness to rescue us from it. To provide the light that we can't provide in ourselves. And he comes and he offers it to us as his free gift. That's what I'd encourage you to receive this Christmas time. All the different gifts on offer is to receive the gift that Jesus offers you of life, of light into your darkness. Let me pray and then we're going to sing another carol together. Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world. And when we see darkness around us, and we ask questions and we get frustrated and we what's the answer? Who's gonna do something? And in those more vulnerable, intimate moments, when we look into ourselves, we realize our frailty and our weakness. We strip away all our bravado and pride We recognize the emptiness inside. Again, we we come to you and we cry out, Jesus, what's the answer? Where do I find light? And you've answered us already resoundingly in that you came for us. And I pray that everyone here this morning would know this wonderful gift that you offer and would receive it from themselves, that... In you and you alone can they find life to illuminate their life, to bring hope and meaning and purpose and fulfillment, to bless and love and serve a broken world around us, and to know your love for the brokenness that we carry. Thank you, Jesus, for the light that you offer. Amen.